One Charlie. Mark, one Charlie. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm full of optimism. Einstein's theory of relativity. And we're still seeing it quite well through that haze. T-minus 37 seconds. The fight is going to equals MC. That all men are created about the future innovations. And growing strength in the air. Ignition sequence this is Finding Your Frequency with your hosts, Jeff Spinard and Ryan Treasure. It's time to speak up, share your voice, and hear from the thought leaders. Hello, 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 and welcome to Finding Your Frequency. I'm your special guest host, Camille Nash, sitting in for Jeffrey Spinard, our company's president and CEO, along with our vice president of broadcast operations, Ryan Treasure. So I am back, and uh, today we want to talk about a, well, a very special but yet very sensitive topic. So the topic of discussion today is going to be about sexual misconduct. Conduct that's happening in the workplace. Now, most of you know, at the beginning of October, multiple women came forward to accuse Harvey Weinstein, the Hollywood producer, of sexual misconduct. Since then, high-profile men in a variety of industries, from Uber, Amazon, to Charlie Rose with CBS, these men, some of them have resigned, been fired, or even experienced other fallout of accusations that have ranged from inappropriate text messages to rape. We know that this sort of thing happens, uh, but what has taken place is that because of the number of women that have begun to speak up about this issue, demanding that something be done, there's a lack of clarity around what can be done, which is what spurred this topic of conversation today. Um, you may have heard that there was a legal case. Uh, former legal secretary Rena Weeks says that she never worked again after winning her sexual harassment lawsuit against the Baker and McKinsey law firm in 1994. So I have invited some very powerful women in the legal workplace that are going to talk about this sort of thing and why is it happening and in our workplaces and really even how it impacts social media and the digital the digital space. Uh, so first of all. Let me thank you for joining us today, and I want to introduce who will be joining the platform of conversation. Today, I will tackle the subject of sexual misconduct, and I'm going to be bringing to the platform attorneys Alexis James and Renee Noy. They've successfully represented both employers and employees in cases involving discrimination, harassment, wrongful termination, whistleblower violation, wage and hour issues for women, breach of contract and employment torts. So ladies, are you on the line? Both Alexis and Renee. Yeah, we're here. Hello. We're happy to be here. Good Hello. afternoon. Good afternoon. Hello and welcome. Now, my audience can't see you out there, but they certainly can hear you. So first, I want to just kind of toss the ball to one of you or to Renee or Lexus, rather. I'll start with you and just ask that you tell the audience a little bit about you, something that maybe I didn't share with them on the lighter side of things. Well, we are two women who formed a law firm uh, this year after spending uh, more than 12 years in the employment law field. And we are focused on helping small business owners uh, understand their obligations towards their employees. Mm -hmm. And sexual harassment has you know, become a very big topic in our world uh, because there's so much media attention on it right now. And employers really need to understand 
how to handle things properly and how to change the workplace culture so that it's uh, a better place for everyone. So let's jump right in to this. This show is called Finding Your Frequency, and we'll talk a little bit about how you all have, have come to this place. I mean, sh- certainly there's a story with how you all have um, you started your own and really found it important to make this area of focus a specialty. And how did that how did that come about? Uh, we uh, we love employment cases because it is like putting together puzzle pieces. Mm-hmm. You're finding out who knows what, who has a document that's going to prove um, their allegation and, you know, the chain of command, what do they know and what have they tried to hide? Um, so just from an intellectual standpoint, I know that Renee and I really enjoy this work and we really enjoy making the workplace a better place yes. for employers and employees, which is why we have um, been on both sides of the litigation. Right, exactly. So why are there so many cases coming forward now? I mean, I, I kind of viewed this as a watershed moment. I mean, there's I viewed it as a watershed moment because a lot is happening with, with women uh, from all walks of life. As these things become forward or come forward or are revealed, more and more women now are becoming less and less afraid to actually speak up. But we have heard the old adage, I'm a woman, you all are women. And, uh, you know, I can remember years ago, That whole, okay, well, don't say anything, be quiet, uh, you know, just ignore it. And really, none of that is okay. So why are the why? Why now? Why is so much finally coming forward? Well, I think, you know, with with the Harvey Weinstein, uh, when that when that scandal opened Mm -hmm. up, it just it it opened the floodgates for so many women. The Me Too campaign that was started by um, uh, Alyssa Milano. So she, uh, I think that just really uh, empowered women to be able to feel like they could come out. And, and there was such a camaraderie and a strength in the group of women, the amount of women that were saying that they've experienced this type of harassment. Mm-hmm. And all these years, I mean, sexual harassment's been taking place, you know, for since women Forever. have been in the workplace. Yeah. Yeah, since for hundreds of years. And what's interesting is that, um, you know, Anita Hill was like the real pioneer of this. And that's exactly. how we, you know of her and uh you know that was in the early 90s yes. and uh, and you know the amount of sexual harassment cases that are reported between the early 90s when that came out until at least as of a couple of years ago the last time that the eeoc has done statistics on this it's actually almost the exact same number like it's only gone up a little bit so the the scary thing is is that right now we're hearing about all of these cases but it's all of the unreported cases that we have to be concerned about because it's just a culture of you know women being um, in these environments where they're afraid to speak out and they're afraid of retaliation, they don't want to lose their job. Yes, and um, and so they're they're continuing to suffer. And so this this whole thing, I and mean, this is very new. It's only in the last couple of months, and yeah. so much has come out on a day to day basis. But it's it's very very empowering for women. I, I think it was amazing that Time chose Time Magazine chose the uh, women accusers who came forward as the person of the year. I mean, that really says yes. something about the conversation that we're having in this country and. Um, you know, how how we need to start taking a hard look at all of our workplaces. It's not just uh, the movie industry exactly. and mm-hmm. uh, politicians. You know, it's everywhere. It's a, it is everywhere. And we're getting ready to take a quick break. But when we come back from the break, I want we're going to talk a little bit about the fact that it is happening everywhere. What are some things that people can do or women can do? And we know that it happens even on the other side of the fence, too, where men are being harassed. So we've heard of that in Absolutely. the past. So when we come back from the break, we're going to go into it a little bit deeper and uh, really just talk about pragmatically what 
is on the table and how do we move forward or break even break out of it and move forward. So those of you that are listening, please don't go anywhere. And we'll be right back on the other side of the break. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. If you're an influencer, you don't follow the trends. You set them. Voice America influencers are involved in creating change in personal and professional lives, collaborating and driving value to make our lives better. We have world-renowned thought leaders, speakers, authors, entrepreneurs, artists, and some of the most influential voices today. Listen in today to what they have to say. Engage in the conversation. The Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. Answer the call. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. You're tuned into Finding Your Frequency with hosts Jeff Spinard and Ryan Treasure. Connect with the show. Call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Welcome back to the show. I am your special guest host, Camille Nash, sitting in for Jeff Spinard and Ryan Treasure. Just before the break, well, first of all, we're talking about sexual misconduct in the workplace. And today we are being joined by attorneys Alexis James and Renee Noy. Just before the break, we were talking about uh, what are some things that can be done or the things that are happening already. But now we want to talk about what can be done. What are some practical steps that can be incorporated to protect those businesses, whether you're a Fortune 100, 500 small businesses, wherever you land, uh, what are some things that you can actually do. So welcome back to the show, ladies. And uh, just before the break, we were talking about uh, how to safeguard. 
So each state has different requirements for mandatory sexual harassment training. For example, in California, um, if you have a company with more than 50 employees, the managers have to be trained every other year. And uh, a new manager that comes on needs to be trained within six months. But the problem with that is that you can bring a lawsuit for harassment even with a company of one person. Oh, wow. So it's really a good idea for employers, no matter what the size of the company, to have a discussion about what harassment is and whom, who is supposed to be notified in the company if there's a problem and then how to properly inv investigate those claims. Because the reason there are so many lawsuits in this area is uh, the HR professionals or those who receive the complaints are um, misinformed as to how to properly handle it. Okay. So you said that uh, claims can be f brought forward toward companies that are only of one, so just a, self, uh, a sole proprietor? Well, with one employee that they're harassing. Well, yeah, just with one one employee. So obviously, it's got to be two people or more. Right. Uh, but small <laughs> small size. Oh, it doesn't matter. Now, does that impact nonprofits or ministries, churches, uh, that sort of thing? Also, there are some exceptions uh, for nonprofits and ministries. It I can't speak to uh, all the different states because we're only licensed in California. Mm -hmm. uh, but there there are some exceptions. Uh, it's just a, it's just a matter of state law. Okay, so then what are some of the steps that should be taken now? We know you're in California and there's people around the world that are listening to this show today. Um, you know, we know that there are some industries that are worse than others. Uh, would you care to enlighten us on some of those areas or some of those, those uh, targeted demographics or industries? You mean the industries that are affected the most? Yes. Actually, the most reported sexual harassment cases come out of the food industry and hospitality services. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, which is really interesting. I mean, the politics and the, the celebrities, those just make the headlines. But, um, but there, it's, it truly is taking place in every single industry. Where there are employers and there's employees, there's most likely some sexual harassment taking place or have, has taken place in the past. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know if you've been keeping up with what's going on with Massage Envy. But there have been hundreds of, um, how many is that, 180 uh, reported cases of sexual harassment that took place there um, se and sexual assaults. And so that's it, been it all year or is that just been this year? So I, I heard a little no, bit about that. It just came out, but it's been, I think it's over the course of the last like 20 years or something mm -hmm. that all these women are starting to come forward. And employers need to realize that they're not just Sajid. responsible for protecting their employees but vendors and clients, um, you know, if they're aware of harassment, there can be liability for those parties as well. Volunteers, mm -hmm. you know, if you have uh, interns, um, the employers are responsible for them as well. It could be outside caterers, delivery people, like anybody from anyone that has any interaction with their employees. It, as long as the, in, in those situations, when it's a third party, as long the employer has to be um, charged with knowledge of it. So they had to have some awareness. And then as soon as they get that awareness, then they can be on the hook for uh, for sexual harassment. Now, I saw something recently that identified one in three women are, are harassed. Is that accurate? I've heard that statistic as well. Um, there's been other uh, surveys where it says about 52% of women uh, have been harassed in the workplace. But 
it's going to be interesting to see how these statistics change now that the culture is um, shifting. Shifting, yeah. Because, um, well, but by far the vast, vast majority of these cases are not reported. Mm-hmm. So it's, it is really hard to to make accurate statistics when so much of it is going under the radar. Right, exactly. And then I saw also seventy five percent of harassment victims are experiencing some level of retaliation when they speak up. I mean, that was the case. And that's also going to be something interesting to monitor mm-hmm. to see now that the culture has changed so drastically just in the last couple of months, how that's going to change as well. OK, now I, I recently heard or and I don't know how accurate the statistic is, but we know that sexual harassment, it can happen on either side of the fence. And I recall there's like 10 percent of men that actually are harassed in the workplace. I, years ago, I can't remember the movie, but Demi Moore did a movie uh, about, about sexual harassment. You all remember? that? I remember no. that one. <laughs> but, I can't re- but it definitely does. It does take place for sure. I mean, men, men are being sexually harassed, mm-hmm. you know, not, not to the same level as women. Of but course. Certainly it is and it can be same, same sex harassment as well. Um, you know, sometimes it's not even sexually, uh, sexually based. It's more mm-hmm. of whether someone's being discriminated based on their gender and how they represent their gender. We've had cases where uh, a supervisor treated a male supervisor treated his male supervisee differently, thinking that he was gay and was making comments and harassing him about being gay. That mm-hmm. can constitute sexual harassment as well, mm-hmm. regardless of the um, harasser's intent to um, to sexually harass him. It's it's the intent of the harasser is not what the law requires you to prove. So say that again, the intent of the, say that one more time, the intent of the harasser. The intent of the harasser is not what the court is looking at. What they're looking at is the perception of the person who's being harassed, whether the conduct and Hmm. the statements and the gestures that are being made to to that person are unwelcome and offensive. Wow. So, so it's more or less an encapsulation of how it's viewed. How can it be, how can it be seen by another person? It, yeah, it's it's the it's the perception of the victim mm-hmm. that's relevant. Yep. So it's how he or she is is um, what you know. That's when we do our sexual harassment trainings for companies. That's something we really emphasize is that you know you may think that you're just you know being nice or or just giving compliments or you know doing something that you think would be perceived as you know something kind or or um, just you know joking or whatever. But you don't know the experiences that that person has had in yes, their lifetime. Yes. Right, you they might have some, you know, significant trauma with the opposite sex, and if anything like you know that takes place, then um, then you know that that could be that could be really relevant, and it could it could create a sexual harassment um, allegation. Mm-hmm. There's a, a case that there was a woman that was in the military. And um, while she was in the military, she had been raped repeatedly and she suffered from that horrible trauma and years went by and then she was working at a company and she was in an elevator and her supervisor put his hand like on the wall and she felt like she was being blocked in and he went to try to kiss her and she suffered from from severe re-traumatization mm-hmm. and she ended up just with that one incident. She ended up um, having a, a, a substantial sexual harassment case against him, against the company. And did so she... I, Sorry, Camille, I think I should just specify that to prove a sexual harassment case, that was my the, conduct, the conduct either has to be severe or pervasive, not both. 
So severe con conduct would be an assault. You know, if someone gets uh, put into a closed office and the person gropes them, that could right. rise to the level of being severe. Pervasive is, you know, the comments that are coming on a daily basis. Oh, you look hot today, or mm. I wish I was dating you, or will you go out with me? You know, there's... Um, it's enough conduct that's happening that the employee feels like they can't do their work. It's interfering with their ability to do their work. Okay. So in, anything that's being said that is viewed by the person that's experiencing it, experiencing it, if it's viewed that it could in, interfere with what they're being called to do or asked to do, then it's identified as harassment. Potentially, yes. Potentially. So... I mean, it's always... There's, things that could be involved it just you have to look at the facts of every specific case okay so you you had mentioned that you all do training in this um in this area this is your area of expertise when you when you come out or when you visit a company and and actually execute this level of training what does that involve um well what we do is we, we would go and we would talk, typically it would be to the supervisors and managers, but like Alexis was saying earlier, um, it really does make sense for even, you know, employees to be trained on this regardless, you know, what their position is just because they could be liable for sexual harassment if their employee is doing that. Um, but we would go in and it's a two-hour training and, um, and we just go through everything that we're talking about now, what the standard is. We want to make sure in every company that there's a designated person where um, that they could be, they, that everybody knows that this is who you report to if there's any type of incident um, so that people know, you know, that there's somewhere that somewhere for them to go that's safe where they can, um, you know, report any type of incident that's taking place. And then um, we talk about, you know, an investigation that has to happen where, um, this is, again, specific to California. I can't right. speak to other states. Mm -hmm. But in California, you have to do, if there's a single report of sexual harassment it doesn't have to be where the victim comes in and says i am being sexually harassed it could be um you know any indication that they're feeling uncomfortable based on the conduct or you know behavior words anything from another person in the company um and so once that's known to the person that's designated to, re to receive that complaint there has to be a full-fledged investigation where you can either bring in an outside person you know alexis and i do investigations as well most you know many lawyers employment lawyers do or it could be internal if there's an internal hr department or somebody uh, designated with that task and they just they interview i mean they interview the person that's that's alleging the um, that they're being harassed. They interview the alleged perpetrator. They they interview witnesses that may or may not have heard it for any corroborating evidence. Mm -hmm. um, and then that person who's doing the investigation, they have to draft a report with their uh, recommendation of how to proceed. And you can either, you know, do some just sitting down and talking and explaining that they need to change their behavior. Um, or you can, you know, usually what we'd recommend is to immediately separate the parties. Um, and then there's disciplinary actions. You know, of course, there's termination if it rises to that level. Wow. Well, it sounds like there's still a whole lot more that needs to be done and said uh, concerning sexual harassment. We're getting ready to take a break. And when we come back from the break, we're going to talk a little bit more about how sexual harassment is and can be construed even in the digital media space, social media and the like. Uh, but before we leave for that break, I want to just share with you those that are listening that Voice America 
is conducting our very first radio host contest. So if you're listening and you believe you have what it takes to actually host your own radio show, please visit contest.voiceamerica.com. Again, that's contestvoiceamerica.com, and you'll find all the details on how to actually create your submission. Uh, the grand prize is your very own talk radio show uh, or podcast, if that's your, your desire, uh, including a producer, full production staff, marketing, branding, social networking, and ad sales team valued at $7,500. You are now listening to Finding Your Frequency. I'm your special guest host, Camille Nash, and we'll be right back on the other side of the break. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. If you're an influencer, you don't follow the trends, you set them. Voice America influencers are involved in creating change in personal and professional lives, collaborating and driving value to make our lives better. We have world-renowned thought leaders, speakers, authors, entrepreneurs, artists, and some of the most influential voices today. Listen in today to what they have to say. Engage in the conversation. The Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. Answer the call. Now you can take your favorite Voice America radio program with you anywhere. Sign up for our mobile app if you have an iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. The Voice America interactive radio player, powered by Aircast, gives you the freedom to listen to any of our programs anywhere, live, and on demand. No registration is required. Listen to your favorite Voice America hosts and discover new ones. Download the Voice America mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry, powered by Aircast. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. You're tuned into Finding Your Frequency with hosts Jeff Spinard and Ryan Treasure. Connect with the show. Call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Welcome back to the show. I am your special guest host, Camille Nash, and joining me for the conversation today is Alexis James and Renee Noy of WorkWise Law Firm out of California. And we're talking about misconduct, sexual misconduct in the workplace and anywhere for that for that matter. Before we left for the break uh, or during the break, we were having a conversation and we were touching on it briefly about uh, what's happening in the workplace. And I had shared that 
we would talk about how to prevent this sort of thing and uh, the liabilities in social media. Uh, But before we jumped into that, Renee and Alexis began to just express what's happening in the workplace and uh, why there's such a large report of these cases showing up or larger number of cases showing up in the food and hospitality industry. Uh, So with that being said, uh, Alexis and Renee, shall you continue in talking about uh, what's happening in the workplace, especially with the younger generation? Well, the younger generation, you know, some of them are having their first experiences in the workplace and the things that they talked about in the locker room in high school or mm-hmm. with their friends, mm-hmm. they're bringing into their new workspace. And it's really important for the supervisors to set the tone to let them know, you know, hey, guys, you got to keep that type of talk out of the workplace. Right. Um, you know, it has no it has no place here. And um, I think it's good to have a discussion with high school students to begin with and just say, you know, there's different audiences um, that receive different types of conversations. You know, you're not going to talk to a kindergarten class the same way you would a set of professionals. Of course. You might use different language. So, you know, when you're in the workplace, there's a different way of of handling yourself. And uh, we do get close with our coworkers. You know, obviously, we're spending a lot of time with them. Uh, but there's certain details about our personal lives that we should uh, we should keep out of the office. So when you when you talk about things that should be kept out of the office, uh, part of what spurred this conversation for me is with all of the as your husband calls it, the Groper Report, with all of the allegations and the reports that are coming forward, you know, it just, I, I, I see so much in the media world. How does this flood into social media uh, or the digital media space, period? Uh, well, you know, as part of our training that we do for these companies, we always uh, tell them to make sure, we tell the, the uh, employees to make sure to just try to stay off of social media as far as like posting about other employees, posting about your company. I mean, we we also do employee handbooks for a lot of companies and um, we always try to put in a social media policy where we say, you know, exactly that to just really be careful with what you're posting because there are ramifications. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we've, and it could affect both sides. I mean, we, we did an investigation recently for a company in it with a sexual harassment allegation, um, several sexual harassment allegations for this one for this one particular employee. And, um, you know, this this male employee was being extremely um, inappropriate with several of, of the uh, coworkers. And and then when we were doing the interviews uh, for the investigation, we saw, you know, the one person said, well, wait a minute, look at this woman's uh, Facebook page. And mm. she shows, he shows us the Facebook page and it's, you know, she's just very dressed suggestively and, and she's not, you know, the, the meek person that she appears to be in the office. And so these things can really come back and haunt you. And so for both sides of the equation, you know, it's just a really good idea to be aware of um, your social media account and what you're posting. And, and, you know, these things can be actionable if you, if you post inappropriate uh, content. And employers should warn their employees that if they're texting each other or emailing using, using Internet at work um, to send inappropriate messages, all of that can be looked at by the employer. And it certainly can be used as evidence, um, even uh, emails that come from a home computer, if they're being sent to someone at work, that is uh, information that can be uncovered and used against them. So I'm glad you mentioned that because that was certainly one of my questions. Can social media posts, I, I know emails can, can social media posts be held against a person? 
in court. Yes. Yes, absolutely. That's just more evidence to go against the person um, or to help support them, you know, whatever the case may be. What is protected on social media is if employees talk about their working conditions, uh, the National uh, Labor Relations Mm -hmm. Board allows employees to share that information um, as part of their free speech. So, you know, not not really in the sexual harassment realm, um, but if you were saying, you know, I'm having to work in 106 degree Mm -hmm. heat in this factory and it's like OSHA. uh, Mm hmm. Absolutely. So, you know, there's certain conduct that is um, protected for employees to share on social media. But if an employee is asking someone else out or someone who's hiring uh, a new applicant and they ask them out over social media, that's absolute evidence that can be used. So when it comes to harassment, what are some of the what are some of the steps or tips you all would share uh, are things that people should take into consideration before making the social media posts, you know, because a lot of times, especially when it comes to like Instagram or Twitter or some of these other social media outlets, there's over 300 of them out there. Uh, there's the power five that everybody knows about your LinkedIn, your uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, uh, but there are so many more than that. So what are some tips that you all would share for our listeners uh, to take into consideration or certainly keep in the, at the forefront before making those posts that they think is so, um, you know, liberating? My, my rule of thumb is if you wouldn't send it to your grandma, you're not going to send it to your employees. <laughs> okay. If so, you we're, you know, as employment lawyers, we're very overly cautious. Like we, whenever we're presented with any type of situation, our minds go to the courtroom. So I always assume anything that is being um, shown to us in, in a workplace can be something that will actually be exhibit A in the courtroom. Mm-hmm. So we're just overly cautious, but I think it's really important to be overly cautious and we're doing our trainings and talking to employers. You know, it's best to think along those lines. And so it's just to, to post anything on social media that can be used against you in any possible way is just not advisable. It is not advisable for anything. <laughs> Would you say uh, if you won't send it to your grandmother, then don't right. post it. My goodness. I hope you all, all the listeners out there. I hope you I hope you heard that. Uh, but certainly, you know, it is most people will view it as freedom and uh, free speech and uh, their abilities just to be able to share whatever is in their heart or what they're thinking. However, because of how things can be construed and uh, sometimes people send little snide messages uh, underneath messages anyway with the intention to uh, to smear or to be to be cruel or negative. Uh, so I think that it's really important that people know uh, that these sort of things can can be held against you. What about in ministries? I mean, you know, uh, a lot of these mega ministries out here, even smaller ministries. Uh, I, I grew up in ministry myself and, well, maybe not so much more as a teenager, but there are churches out there. Do they have the same rules, responsibilities and or ramifications? My understanding is that ministries have some of their own policies and procedures that might even be more strict than what the law requires. Okay. And that's absolutely fine. Um, you know, and a company can set stricter laws so long as mm-hmm. they're not discriminatory towards any one group. Um, but the law is seen as the floor and the company can say, you know, this is this type of behavior that they don't want, you know, don't send um, inappropriate uh text messages or funny jokes um, 
you know, even even once could subject you to discipline. Now, in in a case, if you send one inappropriate joke, you're not going to rise to the level of sexual harassment. Mm-hmm. But a company could say, look, this is the tone that we're setting. And if you send even one, you know, you you may face disciplinary action. So I'm not quite sure about how the, the ministries um, go about investigating those cases. I, I haven't dealt with that uh, in my own career. But um, from from my understanding, there are grievance procedures and um and other steps that are taken internally. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that can often turn into criminal charges, um, more so than civil. And, and we deal with the with employee situations. And there's not, um, you know, many times it's volunteers and and, uh, and children. And, and th- those are the types of stories you hear about coming out of ministries. And that's not something that is in our, in our uh, wheelhouse. Yeah. What's one of the cases that um, has been the most staggering for you all when it comes to uh, this sort of thing? <laughs> <We're-> <laughs> Where to begin? <laughs> Every time I think I haven't heard it all, yeah. <laughs> I haven't heard it all. Um, you know, these these cases that are in the news right now are so egregious. You know, mm-hmm. someone who's disrobing in a hotel room, and the majority of the cases that we deal with are not quite at that level. But it's just the constant comments that are degrading to someone or the leering or um, in in that investigation that Renee was just talking about, um, the male employee was, uh, excuse my language, but humping the door while looking at the female employee. And, you know, gestures and looks and comments, all of that combined uh, lead to the types of sexual harassment cases that are brought that maybe don't get the same type of attention as, you know, Kevin Spacey or Harvey Weinstein. Um, but it's it's no less traumatizing for the women to women and men to experience. So they actually saw this 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 uh, scenario going on. The person saw yeah. it, him doing I mean, it. It was that's it the was, least of it. Right. It, it was a situation where um, wow. you know, the, all of the employees. It, it, it's a younger uh, place of employment, and so they were all you know sleeping with each other and dating each other and flirting with each other, and and that's that's when it becomes really problematic because the, the owner of the company was not like that at all. He was an older gentleman, and he was very respected mm-hmm. and conservative, and he really didn't know this was all taking place. And um, but once it came to light, and one woman ended up complaining, um, that's when it all fell apart for him. So, um, but yeah, it, it, it's just, you know, you can, you can end up in a, in a workplace culture where it's just very yep. normal and mm-hmm. that, and that just kind of becomes the, the baseline. And, um, but you know, you just have one person to say anything and, and everyone's going to be liable for it. Okay. Well, we're getting ready to take a quick break. Thank you for responding or sharing that uh, information. I should say, uh, I want to talk a little bit about the cost and what it costs companies as well as even the mental anguish that it costs those victims, uh, behind this sort of thing that is sometimes swept under the rug or just completely ignored. Uh, you're listening to finding your frequency. I'm your special guest host, Camille Nash, and We'll be right back after the break. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. If you're an influencer 
You don't follow the trends. You set them. Voice America influencers are involved in creating change in personal and professional lives, collaborating and driving value to make our lives better. We have world-renowned thought leaders, speakers, authors, entrepreneurs, artists, and some of the most influential voices today. Listen in today to what they have to say. Engage in the conversation. The Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. Answer the call. Now you can take your favorite Voice America radio program with you anywhere. Sign up for our mobile app if you have an iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. The Voice America interactive radio player, powered by Aircast, gives you the freedom to listen to any of our programs anywhere, live, and on demand. No registration is required. Listen to your favorite Voice America hosts and discover new ones. Download the Voice America mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry, powered by Aircast. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. You're tuned into Finding Your Frequency with hosts Jeff Spinard and Ryan Treasure. Connect with the show. Call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Welcome back to Finding Your Frequency. I am your special guest host, Camille Nash, sitting in for Jess Bernard and Ryan Treasure. We're talking misconduct or sexual misconduct in the workplace, uh, but also how it spreads into every facet or every industry. Joining me in the conversation is Alexis James and Renee Noy of WorkWise Law. Uh, you can find them at WorkWiseLaw.com. Before the break, we were beginning just to talk a little bit about, uh, you know, what it costs companies that allow or embrace or turn a deaf ear or blind eye to sexual harassment, whether it be in nonprofit organizations, ministries, or whether it be in small companies uh, at the grassroots or 100, Fortune 100, 500 companies, wherever you fare, uh, we're talking about what this sort of thing could really cost you and cost you not only monetarily, but what it costs even some of these people that experience it uh, from a victimization perspective uh, or who have been victims and the cost over time. So just before the break, we were talking about that. And uh, ladies, what do you have to say about the cost and what it costs companies? Uh, because it, companies are paying millions of dollars because of sexual harassment. Well, you know, it's really interesting because when um, before the last two months uh, took place and before this became such a huge uh, news item on a day to day basis, all these huge companies were making this financial decision to pay off victims and get rid of them before they would just make this person, the the harasser known and terminate that person. So like Matt Lauer is the perfect example where they, you know, millions of dollars were being paid to uh, victims supposedly to get rid of, to get them not to talk. But meanwhile, they they were so afraid of doing anything to him because he's such a huge moneymaker for Mm -hmm. NBC. Mm -hmm. And now, you know, things have shifted so much that as soon as somebody is even 
haven't alleged um, but, you know, that they've committed some sort of sexual harassment. There's not even an investigation and, and the companies are afraid and they just want to get rid of them immediately. And, you know, the costs, the financial costs are obvious. I mean, you have to pay, if it goes to court, you're going to pay a tremendous amount of attorney's fees. There could be huge punitive damages. Um, there was a case in San Diego. It was the biggest sexual harassment payout um, in 2012. It was a female physician assistant that was being sexually harassed, um, continuously by the surgeons and medical staff. And she ended up getting a $168 million uh, verdict. Uh, and, and so she was able to walk away with, with, you know, a lot of that money. And, and that, that's, that's a very large amount. That's not typical, yeah. but, but it just shows, you know, the type of, um, the type of exposure and, and liability that these companies can face. And, uh, and you know, so it's the punitive damages, it's the attorney's fees. And then of course, I mean, you're talking about the reputation of the company. Yes, if if a course. company, is, you know, and, and now with the way the tide is turning, I mean, people are going to respond. Consumers are going to respond. They're not going to go to a company and, and pay money there if they know that it's a climate where sexual harassment is taking place. Um, and then, of course, the victims, you know, the cost of the victims is tremendous because it's, it's so incredibly um, demoralizing and terrifying and, you know, it can cause a lifetime of trauma for, for, these, for these victims. Absolutely. And I, I heard or saw something recently with a, a few ladies that have come forward in other cases. You've got Uber, you've got Amazon. I mean, they're just it's just coming out on various sides of the spectrum. Uh, and they're talking about PTSD, you know, how how it's impacting their lives because of or even just the memory. I, I heard Oprah talking about it recently uh, for not herself, but someone else with all of these allegations that have come forward and with it being so many with being an amalgam of them all within a short 60 day period and how women as they're hearing the stories they're having moments of reflection whether it was a childhood memory or something that happened when they were a teen or in their early 20s uh, and or even if it's in there happening in their life right now right so employers are now facing an interesting question of how far back they go into researching complaints that came forward in their companies and how they handled them. You know, we're hearing about uh, allegations that happened 10, 15 years ago, and maybe those are not going to reach uh, the courthouse because of statute of limitations reasons. Right. But, uh, you know, the employers have to look at the culture that's been created and um, what what tone should be set. So, um, you know, there, there's also a difference in what society accepts, you know, the way that we spoke and talked with each other in the 80s, right. you know, the companies where it was expected that you would go out drinking after work, you know, there's there's social mores that have changed over the decades. And, and so now the conversation is, what is acceptable? Uh, you know, can you still give a coworker a hug in the workplace or is that going to lead to right. a sexual mm-hmm. harassment mm-hmm. case? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and, and we need to be careful of, um, pointing the finger too quickly. You know, there's there's still um, a process to go through and the, the victim has rights and the person who's being alleged to have harassed has rights as well. And so uh, we, we need to strike that balance um, and the, the courts are going to have a, a difficult time with that. Um, you know, the, the juries that are sitting on these cases are really going to have to wrestle with um, with the facts as they should. I know, because like when we see, you know, NBC firing Matt Lauer within 36 hours of, right. of getting the, 
heat. So, you know, who knows if there was a full-fledged uh, investigation done so quickly. And usually these investigations, could they could, I mean, especially at that magnitude, could take weeks or months. And, uh, you know, Uber, I think they're, they're still doing the investigation right now after everything uh, came out. But, um, but you know, if, if a company is going to be so afraid, I mean, as the pendulum is swinging so strongly the other direction, if a company is going to get really afraid that there's some sort of allegation out there and they just terminate, you know, some employee that's being, you know, uh, wrongfully accused or potentially wrongfully accused of, of some, you know, egregious act, well, that person now is going to have a really great wrongful termination um, claim if there wasn't even an investigation done. So I think it's going to be really, really interesting to see how this all plays out in the next few years, um, you know, as the culture is, is shifting so dramatically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, with that Matt Lauer scenario, 36 hours, I thought that was pretty remarkable, especially, like you said, at his magnitude. They turned it around quickly and they needed to make a decision. So I, when I saw it, I thought, well, could there have been something else already being been shared or, or reported? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know, uh, because, we, because those are unknowns. We really have no idea uh, what it is. But because it has been, a decision was made so quickly, I think it has definitely sent a message. Um, to everyone that it's not okay, it's not acceptable, and in and women don't have to take it lying down, whether, so to speak, <laughs> they don't have to, they don't have to take it, right? They don't have to take it. Um, is there anything else that you want to share with us? Uh, because you know we are coming to a close, and you see how fast the time goes so quickly. We could have a second conversation around this, uh, even even from from the male perspective and how it impacts uh, men. And even I, I recall recently, well, not recently, but in the last couple of years, I know Tyler Perry, amongst with some other uh, celebrities, have come forward about some of the things that have happened in their lives, uh, being abused as children, and their and their men, and, and even the number of men that have been abused. Abuse, whether it be in their homes or in the workplace, because, you know, somebody will tap a person on the on the backside and uh, d- laugh and think it's OK. And really, it isn't. So I just want to ask before we close, if there's anything further that you all would like to share with the audience. Well, you know, just as employment lawyers, it's it's very exciting that this is all taking place mm-hmm. because it just opens up a, a national um, conversation. Yep. And I think it's a really important conversation that needs to be um, had because this has been going on for so many years. And not only are we employment attorneys, but we're also women and we have our own experiences, um, you know, just in the legal field. And, um, and so this is, you know, such a great time to be able to educate employers on what they're supposed to be doing and for there to be this, you know, incredible awareness that's spreading that, you know, men can't do, and I'm saying men, but of course, because it's also, it, it can go both ways, absolutely. But for the most part, it is men that need to, you know, become aware of what the boundaries are and, and the rules and that they can't just get away with, you know, behaving certain ways anymore. So we're really excited that there's been so much, you know, every time we wake up and we see who's out there and who's going down for something that day <laughs> and the articles that are coming out of it, yeah. and the opinion pieces, it, it's really, it's, it's a really good time for employment lawyers <laughs> to, to be in this field. Well, and it's also a very good time for people to be attentive and be mindful of what's being said, what's being shared, and not take anything for granted, uh, because we definitely want to make certain that we keep leave people whole when we interact with them, no matter what. So what I want to say is I thank you. I want to thank both 
Alexis James and Renee Noy for joining us today uh, on Finding Your Frequency. It's been a pleasure and a privilege uh, to serve you as your special guest host. You can find these ladies at workwiselaw.com. You can find me. I am your special guest host, Camille Nash. You can find me anywhere on on social media at Camille's Couch. Uh, But I thank you and appreciate you for joining us today. We will be back next week and we're going to continue this conversation. We're going to be talking about the accountability, the additional aspect of accountability around misconduct in the workplace concerning uh, sexual misconduct and even abuse to some extent. So it's been great and I'll see you next week. Thank you.